This conference will now be recorded. Welcome to the Big Book Anon workshop. This workshop is for members of Al-Anon, S-Anon or other Anon fellowships or those interested in the subject matter. We will examine the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous as they can be practiced to solve the problems arising out of alcoholism or addiction in someone we are close to. We're not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Our views are our own and do not reflect the position taken by any particular 12-step fellowship. This is not a substitute for membership of or attendance of a 12-step fellowship. We aim merely to share our experience. If that experience is beneficial, we are pleased. Each week, a number of presenters will present on the step in question. There will then be room for questions and answers plus discussion. The sessions will last an hour or so. During each session, send the organizers any questions you have using the chat function. We're recording this session. Audio recordings of the workshop plus written materials are made available at the workshop blog. Links are posted during the meeting. Today, we're examining step four, resentment inventory, first three columns. I'll start off by giving a formal presentation of my understanding of the step. There will then be other speakers who will go into more detail about how their experience informs their understanding of the step. If you give me a moment, I'll just share the text so you can see what we're talking about. There we go. So if you want to follow along in your big books, uh, we're on page 63. I'm going to start with a little prayer. Cause me to have all the honesty, open-mindedness, willingness I may need here and now. I ask for the guidance, love and wisdom that I need to work through this process and gain the most I can at this time. I am as willing as I can be to set aside everything I even think I know about this area this way of life so that my chances for an open mind and to be teachable are better, so that I may realize your three spiritual gifts, awakening to you, to be the love I am, and to be the individual you created me as. Thank you. So just to catch up, this is a very brief summary of the first three steps. I'm in a complete mess. There is a solution. Let's get on with it. There we go. Um, so the first thing, once we've taken step three, next we launched out on a course of vigorous action. The first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom. So we had to get down to causes and conditions. So uh, next means straight away. Um, my observation is when, when, when I delayed in my first step four, I ended up in a very dark and strange place. I don't recommend it. I see that happening to others as well. The question is, what does vigorous mean? Well, it really depends, you know, how many children do you have? One to five, six to 10, 11, 15, 11 to 15, 16 to 20. You know, how many sponsees do you have? One to five, six to 10, 11 to 15, 16 to 20, more than 20. Um, but I think what's reasonable is one hour on working days, two hours on non-working days, religious stringency is permitted, uh, permitting. More is possible and welcome. Um, a, a, a good, here's like 
the life hack on doing step work. Do it first thing in the morning before everyone else has got up. That means you may have to go to bed an hour earlier and turn off Netflix an hour earlier. I mean, that'll be good for you anyway. If you don't, if you do it first thing in the morning, you spend all day smugly thinking how you've done your step work and no one else has. So you can just enjoy that little bit of legitimate self-righteousness. If you leave it till late at night, you spend all day not having done it. The, the amount of action is the same, but one is satisfying, one is not. Um, when you're doing step four, you really want to discover darkness, nastiness, unpleasantness, because you're going to get rid of it. It's what you're going to get rid of that we're interested in. If you're going to get rid of it, it's not who you are. So you never need to feel guilty or awkward or embarrassed or ashamed or anything. You didn't create your own character defects. You didn't create yourself. A good principle that I've learned is there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with the tools I've been using to live. Those tools are my mistaken beliefs, my unhelpful thinking, my unhelpful behavior, which Suzanne Vega refers to as bad wisdom. That's all it is. That's what we're looking for. Um, so we're spirit. We're children of God. We're of infinite worth. That question is now settled. Doesn't need to be examined further. It just needs to be accepted. Spiritual Paul, an AA member in East London, would say there's too much thinking and not enough believing. So that basic idea. How about we just stop thinking about it and arguing about it and just believe it. We're children of God. We're spirit. We're, we're of infinite worth. But. We're making a little bit of a mess of our lives. That's all that's going on. <laughs> Nothing more than that. So the blue bits, by the way, are from the book. The bullet points are my uh, aid memoir, my little notes on it. That's all they are. My, if they're helpful, wonderful. If they're not, you know, oh, as, as my other half would tell me if I'm upset about something, oh, do a column, you know. So we're going to show you today how to do an inventory on how much you hate this workshop. It's very simple. So anyway, next bit. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no re regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock in trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. Now, here's a, an observation which I find helpful. A business which takes no inventory usually goes broke. A business which only takes inventory also usually goes broke. If you're constantly staring at yourself and never doing anything with your life, what's the point? We're looking for facts, not judgments, fact finding and fact facing. Uh, what we're here to do is to discern what doesn't work. And page 52 is a really helpful guide to this. Is our age not character, characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new, by the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget which does not work for something new which does? The implicit question with each belief, thinking pattern or behavior pattern, what is its value in realizing the three spiritual gifts? That's 
set out above. So waking up to God, waking up to the love that we are, waking up to the mission that we have in the world. That's what we're after here. If, if a belief or a thinking or behavior pattern does not help us achieve those, we get rid of it. Now, this is where we get to the interesting bit. We did exactly the same with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched, searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused our failure. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions or principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore, we were burned up. On our grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sex relations which have been interfered with? Right, so there's a lot in there and I'm going to unpack it. So resentment, often you'll hear people defining that as meaning to feel again. Now, a lot of resentment is feeling again what happened last week, last year, 30 years ago in 1842. But that's not the history of the word. The history of the word, it's the same re can mean lots of different things. One of the re's, it's the same re as in rebound or react. It means in response to. So if, if something rebounds, it bounds off a surface. To react is to act in response to. To resent is to feel something negative in response to. So really, this isn't just the stuff that we hold on to. It's the stuff, uh, I don't know if any of you have little flashes of rage when certain people do certain things or say certain things. This is not re-feeling an old thing. This is feeling something now in response to what is happening now. And that's just as, uh, just as deadly. I, I'm much less of a grudge person than I used to be. I'm much more of a just react to things automatically person. And that's what I need to be looking at here as well. Now, when you're looking for what to write about in this, it gives you nine words, resentment, anger, hurt, threatened, sore, burned up, grudge, injury, interfered with. That covers a lot of territory. Basically, it's any negative emotional reaction to anything that ever happens. There we go. That's the scope of this. Um, now, it talks it up here about... Um, from it, from resentment, stem all, all forms of spiritual disease. And this is an idea which I find very helpful. In medicine, you've got pathogens, infections, and disease. The pathogen is what causes the infection, the little, little critter that runs around causing the infection. The infection is your response to, it's, it's what the little critter does, and the disease is all of the effects of that infection, the, infect, the infectious process. So in the world of the spirit, the pathogen is the ego. That's the little critter. As my sponsor says, if you don't know what a critter is, it's Texan for creature. Um, 
I have a, a Texan sponsor. He says, your ego is not your amigo. That tells you how close to the Mexican border he lives. Um, so the pathogen is the ego. This causes an infection, resentment, upset, 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 upset. Maybe you've been upset already today. I know I have. And the disease is the warping of my beliefs, my thinking, my behavior, my emotions, my internal life and my external life that flow from this infection. No upset, no problems. Ego is different. What is ego? It's helpful to define terms here. Ego, edging God out. And here's a great one. Uh, it comes from a particular prayer book where it uses the word pride instead of ego. Why I'm not using pride here will become apparent later on, but we're going to call it ego here. Ego is putting self in the place of God as the center and objective of our lives uh, or of some department. There we go. Sorry, I got muted there. So ego, putting self in the place of God as the center and objective of our life or of some department thereof. It is the refusal to recognize our status as creatures depending on God for our existence and placed by him in a specific relationship to the rest of his creation. You can tell you're in ego if it looks like you're in the center of things and everything else is revolving around you. It's an optical illusion created by where your eyes are in your head. If your eyes were somewhere on a stalk, maybe we wouldn't have this ego problem. But from where I'm looking, I seem to be at the center. Everything else is around me. It's an easy mistake to make. Anyone can make it. To get well, ego has to go or at least be put in its little cage. Little critter has to go down into its hole in the ground. And that's the level of spirit. Then the infection goes, that's at the level of mind. Then the disease goes, that's at the level of the body, the emotions. The emotions are very much a physical body thing. Um, emotion uh, or what we think of as emotions, there are higher emotions too, but you know, the day-to-day -day ups and downs of emotions. Spirit, mind, body, that's the order in which I believe we get well. Now, what is a resentment? A resentment is when I react with negative emotion because I haven't got my own way. My own way is my blueprint for the universe established by my ego. All of the lists of rules and expectations and demands. What we're going to do here in the first three columns is um, identify what my own way is. And to let go of ego, I've got to uncover it. Chuck C talks about uncovering, discovering, and discarding. And alcoholic, who's my sponsor's first sponsor, it's his pen name for writing online, uncover, own, and be willing to let go of. Now, let's just look at this. There we go. Now, the little table it gives here, you can tell a man wrote it because there aren't many words. This is helpful, I find. The fewer words I've got, um, I can be really wordy. And the best way to hide truth from myself is to hide the true words in a whole gaggle of other true words. <laughs> it's not that the other words are not true. It's that they're not as relevant as the real truth that we're after. Um, now, I'm not going to go through that table. I'm going to show you an example of how I do it, which is it is, is basically this, but I want to give you a sort of lived example run. You can read the book anytime. Um, 
I'll look at well, actually one, one tiny thing. Let's look at it basically what's going on here. First column, the person you're resentful at. Second column, what did he do? What did she do? Third column, this affects my. And you've got these so-called areas of self. And we're going to come to those in a moment. So what I'm going to look for is what we're trying to get to is the causes and conditions. That means what demand do I have which is not being complied with by the world? I don't need to review 10,000 resentments. Once you've reviewed the resentments against around 20 people, you've probably discovered all of your demands. You've now got the causes and conditions. When a doctor does a blood test, he takes five milliliters of blood or she takes five milliliters of blood, not three liters. Uh, you can tell an awful lot from a small sample and the resentment inventory is very similar. You get to go and forgive everyone later on. You get to go and make amends to everyone who needs making amends to later on. But as far as the complex analysis, keep it to a relatively small number of people. Um, what else do we need to know? Yeah, five charges per person. You don't need 10 pages of charges against your mother. Um, she's also she's also going to be limited to writing five charges against you so it's fair both ways okay it's not like she's <laughs> getting off lightly here um and we're looking for the area of self that's affected i'll come to those in a moment but this second column um you want to be concrete you want to be concise uh no storytelling, no generalization, no interpretation, no extrapolation, no speculation, no waffle, nothing about how you made how it made you feel. I'm just going to scoot up to look at this resentment against Mr. Brown. His attention to my wife told my wife of my mistress, Brown may get my job at the office. Now, if you went out for a drink with the person that wrote this inventory, he could probably talk all evening about one of those three topics. Yes, there are other things which are true. What's the nub of it? What's the, his attention to my wife? One clause, that's it. Um, but the third column, what we're interested in really is these causes and conditions. And we've got seven areas of self. And the way I work out which area is affected is this. First of all, I go through life with scripts for how I think other people should behave. If I don't think others are acting right in a non-sexual scenario, I say my personal relations are affected. If I don't think others are acting right in a sexual scenario, my sexual relations are affected. The reason I want people to behave a certain way is because I want particular outcomes. So if my income, my expenditure, my assets or like my liabilities are harmed or threatened, my pocketbooks are affected. Old fashioned word for, for wallet or purse. If I need something I've not got, might not get or might lose because of the event in column two, my security is affected. If I want something I've not got, might not get or might lose because of the event in column two, my ambitions are affected. So security needs ambitions once. Then the reason why people often want a job is because of who they think it will make them. That was certainly my case. So there is such a thing as image, self-image and the image I think you have of me. 
if I'm worried about what other people think about me, we call this pride. If I if something happens, I get criticized by a client. Um, uh, I get shouted at by a sponsee. I shout at the sponsee. My self-esteem is affected. My image of myself is not what I'd like it to be. And then I go a little further, just one tiny step further, and you discover the ego's master plan. The ego's master plan comes in the form of demands. And this is how I elicit the demands from the ego. It's like when they have, when a plane crashes, uh, God forbid, they open up the so-called black box, the flight recorder, and find out what happened. That's exactly what we're doing here. Personal relations, what scripts am I giving the person? How should he, she, or they behave? Same with sex relations. Pocketbooks, how does this affect my income assets expenditure? What do I want? Security, what do I need? Ambitions, what do I want that I haven't got? Pride, how do I think they see me? How do I want them to see me? Self-esteem, how do I see myself? How do I want to see myself? Now, don't forget there are four more sessions on step four. What we do once we discover these demands, that's for later on, don't worry about that. What we're interested in right now is what is my ego's game plan, which it has convinced me is my game plan. All the things, if only I got my way, everything would be fine. And this is how we're finding it out. And we've got a worked example here. And what I'm going to show you about this worked example, my experience is that people aren't so good at writing inventory when they've never done it before. If you've never played the trombone, uh, you're probably not very good at it the first time you stick the thing in your, in your mouth or apply your lips to the embouchure or whatever it's called. And it's the same with the inventory. Don't expect to, 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 to you know, um, um, uh, to do it perfectly first time. It takes a while to get the hang of it. So what we've got here is the first draft and then the final version. And so the first draft, I'm resentful at Susan, the cause. She always puts me down. Now, that sounds like a rotten thing to do, doesn't it? You, you don't. Who, none of us want to be put down. Susan sounds like a complete rotter. But the problem here. What did she do? I have no, she puts me down. What does that mean? What does she say? When does she say it? I, I have no idea. Did she even put me down? Who knows? So you dig a little, you find out what's going on. And what we're after is facts, not speculation, not interpretation. Final version. Susan turns out to be the director of the company I work for. What does she actually do? She occasionally disagrees with me in work meetings. Have you noticed how always has changed to occasionally? When something occasionally happens, as soon as it gets turned into a narrative in my mind, it becomes always. You always drag mud in over the kitchen floor. Well, no, maybe you do it twice a week in rainy season. Um, she occasionally disagrees with me in work meetings. Now I have a picture of what's going on. What you want to capture in the second column is what would a CCTV camera see? What would a bug 
like when they spies bug offices. What would a bug pick up? What was said? What was done? Or occasionally, what did someone fail to do? What did someone fail to say? So we've taken the exaggeration out of it. We've taken the speculation. We've got the plain, bare fact. And that's what we're after. Now we say, well, why, why, does, it, why does it bother me? I'll look at that. Actually, I'll give you the second example first. Uh, first draft, uh, I'm resentful at Peter. He, sn he snubbed me in front of everyone. Everyone? Everyone in the universe? What did he do that you're calling snubbing? Ah, OK, final version. He didn't respond when I said hello to him in the corridor. Aha, now, now we have a picture. Now we, we can see what the CCTV camera saw. And then it opens up the possibility of a different interpretation. He snubbed me is an interpretation of what happened. She puts me down is an interpretation of what happened. If you perceive that interpretation to be outside yourself, you can't do anything about it. If the interpretation is within your hula hoop, you can do something about it. And this is the first time in the program when we're separating the facts from our interpretations. It's an immensely important skill. So let's look at the third column. So I'm resentful at, remember Susan, uh, who started off as the wicked witch and now turns into a perfectly reasonable director, but she's still upsetting me. You know, occasionally she upsets me in work meetings and, you know, I'm upset, boo-hoo. She occasionally disagrees with me in work meetings, affects my. So I discover beneath this, I've got a little set of rules for how I think she she should behave. I don't know I have the rule until you fail to obey the rule. Personal relations, she should agree with everything I say. We're not gonna analyze it, we're just trying to observe what's the little rule going on inside. Why do I want her to agree with everything I say? Because I'm frightened of losing my job. I'm frightened of losing my income. Why am I frightened of that? Well, I need income to live. Ambitions to be the director. Aha. OK, so this is what this is really about. I want to be in her place. Pride. She sees me as an idiot. I want her to see me as a genius. And we do the same with Peter. He ignored me when I said hello to him in the corridor. Can you see when you look at the fact how petty it starts to seem? It seems so legitimate when it's dramatized. You pare it down to the facts. It's no longer dramatic. It's no longer even flattering. Anyway, personal relations. Pay attention to me. Greet me warmly. And you know what? If you feel snubbed when someone ignores you at work, You've gone into work with this little rule. Everyone today better say hello to me nicely. Um, that little rule must have been there. Otherwise, you wouldn't have known to be upset when it wasn't followed. That's how you know the rules are there. I need social interaction to be OK. I need to feel part of the team at work. Whether that's legitimate or not, we're not going to judge right now. We're just observing. Ambitions to be liked and respected by everyone. Note everyone if one person ignores me doesn't matter that everyone else likes me we have a problem houston be liked and respected by everyone pride he sees me as irrelevant i want to, him to see me as important self-esteem i see myself as a non-entity i would like to see myself as a mover and shaker and the way when you're doing a third column to ask yourself 
first of all, does this effectively explain why I'm upset in the situation? And you imagine a world where you get everything that you want in the third column. Would you, you say to yourself, would I now be happy with, with Peter? Absolutely. All he needs to do is say hello brightly to me in the morning, then we're good. If that would solve the problem, if what you've got in the third column solves the problem in the second column, you're done. If there's something still aggravating you, you've missed something. That's the way to audit it. Now, the notes, all of these notes, um, along with the recordings and lots of other stuff are going on the blog. All of the links are going to be posted during the course of the meeting whilst other people are speaking. So um, you, you're going to have everything. What we've also got here is a fuller set of instructions, lots of notes, everything to get you going. So even if you're stuck, I don't know, in Bogota or Myanmar or somewhere, with you've got everything to get you going. Um, good. So. I'm going to wind up. I'm sorry I spoke at such length there, but this is one of the really technical ones. I needed to get all of the detail in. I'm going to bring a whole load of other people in now, hopefully. Uh, let's stick to uh, five minutes or so to try and get as many people in as possible. Just let me get the script back. Oh, well, that doesn't tell me anything at all. Right. I'm just going to wing it, therefore. Um, uh, Osha, would you like to come in and share for around five minutes? Sure. Thanks, Tim. Um, very, very much. Um, I just made some notes. It, um, I have the fan on. Please let me know if it's bothering you. I'm Osher. Um, I, I just wanted to add just a couple of things to what already was said. Um, I like to think about the fourth step as when I walk down a dusty road, dust kind of kind of sticks to me. And um, the fourth step is about discovering that dust and starting to get rid of that dust and cleaning it up and, and getting it off me. Um, I have found that when I do a fourth step, the ego tends to confuse me um, or I just or however you want to word it, I, I get quite confused. And so um, I can be told even eight or nine times to go back and redo things. So I'm sharing that with you because I do that with sponsees and um, you know, it's not about getting it perfect, but for me, it's about seeing through the fog of the ego. Um, even with column one, sometimes it's really difficult for me to pinpoint a person or, uh, or an institution or a principal. And I just say, there's a problem with the situation. And I kind of have to start from there and then um, gain some clarity about it. With column two, um, I like the emphasis that was just put on having specific facts. Um, um, I also wanted to add that sometimes it's not just about what people did, but what people did not do. Um, we saw that in the example of he didn't sm um, smile at me and the, you know, so it's something that he didn't do. Um, so one of the more helpful definitions for me of resentment is a disturbance. Sometimes I can't pinpoint exactly what the type of resentment is. Um, all I know is that I'm up in arms about something. I'm not exactly sure what I feel toward it, but I'm thinking about it. Or um, whenever the person comes up, I, I have a reaction of some kind. Um, and so sometimes I just need to look at it as I, I have a disturbance. Um, uh, something's disturbing me. 
Um, I will also say, because people are sometimes surprised to hear this, that for me, jealousy and disappointment are also forms of resentment. Um, I just wanted to add uh, two, two other pieces that have to do specifically with Al-Anon. One is, um, I grew up in an alcoholic home, and one of the things I learned in these rooms of Al-Anon is that um, there were rules in that home that I, I didn't know existed until I broke them, right? So I wasn't told that there was a rule, and all of a sudden, according to other people in my alcoholic family, I broke the rule, and so only then was I told that there had been a rule that I should have known about and that I broke it. And I think that, for me, fourth step is about discovering that pattern in myself. In other words, I have these rules that I've made for myself and other people, never told anyone about it, may not have even really told myself about it, but you just broke that rule and I'm angry at you for breaking that rule. I don't necessarily know what the rule is until I do the fourth step. But the fourth step is about discovering all of these different things that I've made up in my head that essentially are um, patterns that I'm repeating from, from my alcoholic childhood. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is something that's in the Al-Anon literature, and that's um, there are a lot of questions in the Al-Anon literature as opposed to the big book about um, what are our assets, looking at our assets in, in addition. And, and I wanna share that for me, doing those questions was very helpful. But if we're using the structure of the big book, the fourth step is not the, the place where this belongs. Um, and, and the reason is because the assets, just like character defects, are ego traits and um, don't have to do with kind of polishing ourselves off to arrive at um, the, the, the um, once again at um, I am a God spark. I am, I am a manifestation of my higher power. And so um, we'll be able to talk about the assets piece later on in, in the seventh step, perhaps, and the eleventh step. Um, but, but right now, for the structure of the big book with the fourth step, um, it's helpful to focus on the instructions that we have there. Thanks so much. Thank you. Um, Ellie Shavel, would you like to share? Hi, my name is Elisheva. I'm a member of Essanon and Alanon. Um, I really enjoy going through the first three columns with sponsees. I find there's a lot of aha moments and it's a really beautiful thing to witness. Resentments block me from God and I go over them again and again and again in my mind in great detail, strengthening my resentments. And the hamster's on the wheel, my mind is going, and there's no, I'm not available to hear God's guidance. And I found that what I find is that each column of the resentment inventory is so brilliantly designed to help weaken the intensity until I become willing to let go of the resentment. And then God takes it away and my mind is quieter and I'm much more likely to hear God's guidance. Um, the first time I did the resentment inventory, I had something like 178 resentments. And until that point, I blamed everyone for every problem that was in every relationship. I, I thought that each person was 100% responsible for what was going on, and I had zero responsibility. But when I saw that I had this many resentments, it was the first time that I had to admit that perhaps, just maybe, I had some responsibility here, because it was hard even for me to say that all these people are responsible for everything. Then with the second column, so while I was in, in program, I was given a toolbox full of tools, and the way I look at it is the ego has a toolbox full of tools and each one's purposefully designed to cause me to hold on to my resentments tighter and to keep me 
blocked from God so that ego can maintain control over me. And it was very hard for me to stick to the facts in the second column. And I tended to use words that elicit emotional reaction for myself, like he neglected me, she abused me, he didn't love me. And those words don't tell me anything about what the person did. If I were to tell 10 people he abused me, each person could go to a different place with, with that in their mind, which means that there's no fact here. And so I had to keep on asking myself, what did the person do that caused me to describe them in this way? Another thing that I did was blame, was blame people. They caused me pain. Again, that doesn't say anything. And as I went through it, I was, I, I was gaining the ability to be factual, but I kept on finding myself sticking a little bit of an excuse, sticking a little bit of a backstory or how I felt. And I, I just saw how I was fighting, sticking with the facts. I, I needed, I, I kept on putting in more things. Um, the thing about having only five, only writing five things in the second column, um, I could have written between 25 and 150 on each person. And then ego would come and say, you see, look at all what this person did. Obviously, I'm going to have a resentment towards them. But I found that I was repeating the same thing again and again, sometimes using different words, sometimes not. Just, just repeating the same thing again and again to make it seem like it was so much more. And when I whittled it down, I, it was so hard for me to believe that I've been carrying around these resentments for 30, 40 years, and this is all the person did. And I found that in the past, I would repeat my resentments again and again with every detail. And it was just this distorted pleasure in saying it again and again. But when I stick to the facts, it loses all the drama. It's boring. And I don't tend to repeat the story again and again. Um, with the third column, um, it's very interesting the way it says in the big book that these things were harmed or threatened, not me. I'm spirit. I'm a part of God. Nothing can threaten me. But when I identify with ego, with body, or the part that I'm playing in this drama of life, then these things can get hurt. And I, I had a lot of awareness, or I got, gained a lot of awareness through doing the third column. So in pride, I had some awareness of how important it was to me, what other people thought what I thought other people think of me, but it came up with every single person. And as I became much more aware of how, how what other people, what I think other people think of me affects me. And the same thing with self-esteem. So I, for an example, I, I think of myself as an organized, neat person, but for the two weeks before my mother would come visit, I'd see every spot on the, on the wall. And I'd see every time a child took out a toy and didn't put it away. And all of a sudden I saw myself as a messy, dirty person who was totally undisciplined. And I started to realize how much other people around me, I allow them to affect the way I see myself. And with my personal relationships, I saw that my demands were totally ridiculous. So people should know what I don't want to speak about. They should just intuitively know they should, and then they should respect that. I had contradictory demands on people. I expected perfection. My parents should agree with every decision I ever make, and I will know if they don't by their facial expression. And, um, and even if I have legitimate demands and the person wants to uh, respect these demands, no one's perfect. Everyone's going to fall short. And I found that my demands set me up to have resentment. So I'm setting myself up to be blocked from God. In security, I found all, well, not all, but I found some of my old ideas. I'm only okay if this person does A, B, C, and D, and I have things that I need other people to do, for every person to do. So I'm gonna be on very unsteady ground, and then I wonder why I'm so full of fear. 
And then with ambitions, I saw that I want things that I have no control over. And then the things that I do that I can change, I don't change. And I found in ambitions that I'm really living the opposite of the serenity prayer. And so I grew a lot of, I got a lot of awareness through doing the second and third column. Um, I found that there's no way to do it perfectly. I can't force myself to see what I don't see. And it's fine. We'll do more step fours. I actually think it's a great kindness of God that he doesn't allow us to see everything because it would be totally overwhelming. And then when I found that as I live in 10, 11 and 12, I grow in trust in God and I have less fear of what I'm what's what I'm going to see. And then as things come up, I, I work through it. I'll leave it there. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to reduce. Uh, reduced to three minutes now to get a few more people in. Uh, Michal, would you like to share? Thank you, Tim. Hi, Michal. I'm a member of a few non programs. Um, thank you for the shares and thank you, Tim. Really was mesmerized. Um, by the way, if anyone hasn't looked at Tim's blog, it's it's like a lifetime work. It's has a value. A lot of valuable information there on step work, and I highly recommend um, suggest looking at it and get going there for for tools and um, step work along the way. Anyway, I, I think uh, going to step four. Just to recap, step three, we're talking about um, our higher power guiding us, and um, what I what I think what my experience before doing a step four is to pray is to pray to my higher power to help remove the resentments and help me see um, my place in this and help me see where I can forgive this person and like I have a little bit of a of a script of what I would like to achieve with the the fourth step um, now what I've seen with sponsees in the past is you know like how do i know what god's will is for me and i and i think it's if if you know at this point all these um all the talk about god and higher power i think it's important just to recognize that if if there's a problem with god at this point so just never mind god put it aside god is a whole theological philosophical you know, it could be even antagonistic feeling and just think about a higher power. That's the big book is focusing on step work and higher power. And um, at this point, when somebody when, you know, we're, we're reaching step four, it's recognizing we're powerless. So something else is going to guide us. And that is my higher power. Um, so going there. My first spiritual awakening happened when I did my very first four step. It was it was so awesome because uh, you know I was also living in this uh, like the ego. I'm the right and they're the wrong and everything. Um, you know, no, I, I didn't do anything wrong to cause it. And uh, the bottom line is it doesn't matter. Um, even if they were wrong. The bottom line is I don't want them to be running around in my head anymore, even if they were wrong. And I don't, I just want to get rid of that. That's just controlling my life. So 
The other thing that happens after the doing a few fourth col fourth, four column inventories is that you start having simple solutions to what seemed like such complex situations. For example, uh, I was walking down the street on a daily basis this years ago uh, to pick up my daughters from, from school. And I had, a, I had a baby stroller with a baby with me. And every day I had to walk through probably a hundred teenagers that were blocking the sidewalk. And it was so annoying and I would, it would drive me crazy. Like move out of the way. I would say, please move. I would say move. Like none of them would listen to me. They were totally, you know, teenage land. So I finally decided, okay, this is crazy. I got to do fourth step, you know, four column inventory on this. I'm in program, like what's wrong with me? So what came up was, hello, they don't think I'm Moses and they're going to split the sea. And here's Michal. Yay. Look, here she's coming. Let's move out of the way. Teenagers, come on. They're teenagers. They're having a good time. And all of a sudden it dawned on me. I could walk on the other side of the streets. And it was like, and that was it. And all of a sudden I had no resent, like no problems going to, this is, I'm talking about months of going through this. Now, it, some of you might think, what's that's such a simple solution, but the problem with resentment is it clouds us from, from thinking about the, the solution and thinking that everybody else is wrong and doing us harm. And, and by the way, that was a very simple resentment. I know that, that there's a lot of people and you know gone through very, very painful things, very, very bad traumas, and that definitely, um, my experience is worthwhile to look at with a sponsor, alongside doing fourth col four column inventories. Um, I guess I just, you know, feel very pressed for time, so I just want to talk about the gift of these the four columns. Is also one the the, the spiritual awakening I had. The first one was with my mother-in-law when I had a when I had an uh, a resentment towards her. And all of a sudden, the whole thing was gone. The resentment was completely gone. And I come, and I instantly, like, after it was gone, I asked God to please forgive her for whatever she did. I totally forgive her. I totally did. And and it was like a new relationship was developed. And it was very um, a very amazing experience for me. And um, now, what something I learned though with doing these steps is that once you get to the point of forgiving somebody, you don't have to you don't have to start trusting untrustworthy people. You don't have to start relying on unreliable people or lending people money that you that aren't going to pay you back. Like you got to use your brain, basically. Forgiveness is just looking at them as human beings, letting the higher power judge them. I'm not going to anymore. I'm not going to let them live in my mind anymore because that is the higher power's job. And that's the beauty of this four column inventory. Could you wind um, up, please, Michal? Thank you. And um, thanks for letting me share. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Raisy, would you like to share? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we, yes, we yeah, can. Thank you. Thank you for your shares. Um, hi, it's Raji. 
Um, for me, when I started off, I think that in one way I was going to, um, I was thinking, what's going to happen to me if I let go of all these things? Like, it didn't, like, in a way I wanted to hold on. And on the hand, I really wanted to do it properly and write it all out and do it in a very, um, I thought, like, you know, the more you write, the more the better. Um, in this way, my sponsor helped me to just do it very concisely and um, factual. Um, and she gave me very clear sheets just to answer the questions that she asked, um, or the self-esteem and pride and um, and all the things. And most of the time, exactly exactly like um, we mentioned before, um, and most of the times it's wanting people to see, to respect me, to think I'm amazing, to see I'm special and deserving and my kids are amazing and everything else. And um, it's it just like like what you said in the beginning, it's not about me, it's just connecting to my spirit as a person. Um, it's not about putting the guilt onto me and um, um, like, really, do I have all these resentments? And it's not going about that. It's just to uncover what's really going on for me, to see my demands that's causing the problems, to recognize where my ego is coming in, um, to connect to my higher power, being able to, when you let these go, to be able to see, um, to be able to hear his answers, to be able to seek God. Um, that's really, that's blocking the connection to him. So this was like a moment of, wow, like you can just let go and you can still be okay with yourself, but on the other hand, um, get so much more clarity in your life. So this is really what came up for me. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, Devore, would you like to Yeah, hi, it's Devore. Um, um, thank you for all your shares. Um, when my experience was set four, I remember putting down 87 people in my resentment list and and I could have written a lot about each person and what even that work of sitting down and trying to put down the facts in as few words as possible it was already starting something started shifting in me and I think I had some kind of spiritual awakening when I could see that the demands were I, there was the same, you know, the same demands and 87 people in my life, and that's me. So this kind of shift from that, the entire world was out to get me, and everyone had done me such grievous harm to, to, to that. This is me. This is me in the same situation. It's my demands that are destroying me and not. And not, and not what people are doing, and um, I can see that for me. Um, I can see that for me, and um, you know, today. And I think that my ego comes in and wants me. It edges God out. It wants me to have the focus on someone else's life and someone else's actions, whether you know, my perception of someone else's actions rather than than living to very life what's going on for 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 me and i'm um i'm grateful to have this and to have lived through this and have this process in my life to help me live my life and not live in ego thank you thank you very much um uh emma would you like to share Hi, uh, thank you so much for all the shares. 
I think uh, there's a quote I once heard that the time came when the risk to remain tight in the bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And I think always for me, that's the fourth column that I, um, I was ready to move on and to open up and to start to feel. And the biggest thing I learned from this is that who I really am, truly. Uh, my life was completely self-centered. We learned that and it was so much wrong thinking. Uh, it was so distorted, so out of reality. If you'd asked me, I would have told you I was the humblest, nicest, kindest, altruistic person who did everything for everybody all the time. I'm just, and in Ireland, we call it the bee's knees. I think you call it the same everywhere, but whatever. Um, totally the victim here, totally. And I needed to see the truth of my thinking, my reality, my resentments, so much of my decisions. Well, really all of them were based on self-will. Um, the third step, I made a decision. And part of that, I wanted to live a godly life. <clears throat> so the actions of doing the steps bring me from a self-centered life to a godly life. And that's really what I wanted. So the fifth, the fourth step is looking at my thinking and facing the things I needed to see to bring me into the world of God, um, to find God's power. I could only be as honest as I could be. I think something I always feared was I wasn't honest enough. Could I be more honest? But really, I realized there'll be more four steps, like it's been said. I just have to be the best I can be in this moment with the tools I have. So yeah, I also had a couple of hundred people the first time round, and it was quite a shock to see. And most of them were a little bit uh, ridiculous. Uh, the second column, I thought, right, great. I get to explain to my sponsor exactly why everybody has wronged me. I get this place where I can tell her everything. It'll be amazing. And uh, no, that's not what happened. Um, really, it was just all... Uh, uh, Fact, fact, no delusional thinking. And I had the joy of having a sponsor just now uh, in the last couple of months who showed me exactly, exactly what I should be doing and what I shouldn't. And that is really, I think, a blessing for me. Um, it opened my eyes. I could see the world through, I could see that I was seeing the world through a distorted lens. I'm not sure I liked it that I could see it that way, but I saw it that way. Um, and I actually use those tools that she gives me every single day of my life. What's narration, Emma? What's going on for you, Emma? Come on, be a bit honest, fact-finding, fact-facing. Let's see what's really happening. That brought me to the third column. And guess what? I didn't like this third column either. Um, I, uh, oh golly, I just, I just wanted, found it so hard to, to see my part, to see it was my demands. And you know what? It was okay. And that's what I kept being told. It's okay. It just have to do the work. Just do it. You'll see it. You'll open. And I love that. I love the gentleness and the kindness I got. Um, and, you know, I did, I did these things. I pride and self-esteem and looking at all these, all these different things that have all been described. I'm not going to do that again, but what I couldn't see, I couldn't see. And that was okay. It's okay just to do what I could do right now in this moment. Um, and I really felt that kind of feeling that before this, I was asleep and I was and I and I it woke me up. It was hard, but it woke me up. Um, there's a, a Dennis F thing I'm doing on traditions at the moment. And it really struck me to bring it in here that the, there's a divine order. If I give up my ideas of control of the demands in my life of these areas, I drop my ego demands, the organizing and the making in my head that this has to happen and that has to happen and he has to listen to me and he must tell me everything that he's ever thought of in his whole life because that will make it all right, all the knowledge. And 
I just had to let go of all of that and see clearly that the third column was like, it was like the beginning of stopping struggling in a stream. I just had to let go of some of the debris and let the river take me where it needed to take me. Um, and I found that the more I, I stopped struggling and just put what needed to be put down on the piece of paper, just do the work, be as honest I can be, try my hardest, that's all that's asked of me. And then I started to flow at the river. I started to see what was really there and stopped trying to imagine that there was all these bits that were nothing to do with me. And I think for me, that was that was the beginning of the bud opening up, like I described at the beginning, just the beginning of it opening. And then next week, we'll see how I think it opened more and more. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Um, uh, Daniel, would you like to share? Hi, I've got um, the gardeners behind me, so I'm sorry for the noise. And I, I don't have so much more to add. I just want to say that the the, the work that I've put in, and I'm very grateful that I've been working on this very recently, that the first time I did the fourth step, I also had 180 resentments. But I, I it, it kind of cleared the wreckage of my past, but I didn't really get down to the, to the roots and conditions, to the causes and conditions of my, of my, of my spiritual angst, of my problem, of my dilemma, uh, which is me. And I've been doing the fourth step again over the past few weeks. I'm um, still in the fourth step, but gratefully graduated the first three columns and the fourth column of resemblance. And um, it's been incredibly eye-opening for me. It's just opened up my brain. It's opened me up to my delusions and, and to my controlling nature. Um, and really, it, it, it wasn't easy for me to get it. I needed a sponsor to show me it, it, at each point because my ego was so quick to... Um, cover up everything with lots of words, as Tim mentioned at the beginning. And I needed help to really clear that wreckage, but it's just been transformative. My whole life has just changed as a result of this. So thanks for letting me share, Tim. Thank you. Um, Evan, would you like to share? Hi, <laughs> Evan, Grateful Recovering uh, Addict, a member of uh, Al-Anon. Um, so first of all, thank you everybody for your shares. Um, for me, one of the the column three in uh, in my inventory is is really the crux of the matter. Um, these are the things that uh, the pictures, the the ideas that I have of how life should be, that it isn't. It's, it's essentially when I'm I'm going from step three, where my uh, I make my decision to turn my will over to the care of God as I understand Him. Um, my my column three is showing me where I'm not doing that. Um, it's and then obviously column four is how I how I respond to that. But when I'm in self, where I'm in ego, when I'm expecting the world to 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 be a certain way, uh, that's that's the cause of my agitation. Um, it's not anybody else. It's not another person. It's not a substance. It's not a behavior. It's it's me and my attitudes, and uh, my goal in in step three is, as as otherwise mentioned, um, is to distill to the essence uh, whatever it has happened. Again, looking only at the facts, and most of the time when I when I set aside any interpretation of facts, um, and I only look at the facts, I can still be upset um, by other people's behavior or other other things going on in the world um but that's all coming from this this 
this concept of the world has to be how I think it should be. And when it's not like that, I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. Um, and but but my problem is, I can't speak for anybody else, um, as long as my reaction to those things is to act on my defect of character, I'm not going to get anywhere. I can't really uh, uh, address the root cause um, while the all all the other things, my behavior are the symptoms. But the root cause is this disconnect between um, how I see the world and how the world actually is, um, or how I want the world to look and how the world actually is. So when I look at the, the seven parts of self and when I start looking, doing this inventory and saying, okay, this affects my ambitions, this affects my security, this affects my self-esteem, um, all of those are essentially me saying God's not running the world correctly, um, but I'm stuck. I, there's nothing I can do about that because when when I see God's not running the world correctly, what do I do? I can't just up and decide tomorrow, whatever, I'm going to change that. Uh, I'm going to change how I look at the world. So I need to get on with the rest of my, my steps to, to start bringing myself back into, or to for the first time, uh, bring myself into sync with with God's will, which is the decision I made in step three. And, and that, that's really why I do uh, the third column, why I, I try to get all the extraneous ideas out of the way um, by, and then I, I know one of the things that I certainly tell my sponsees is when I write column two, uh, the big book, no, none of the things in the big book are more than 19 words. If you need more than 19 words to uh, to write out what happened, then then you're an ego. Then you're 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 stuck in this in the in the details of the story and not in the the facts of the story. So uh, by by keeping it to the minimum, by by only mentioning the facts, then I can really see okay. This this affects my uh, desire, my my ambitions that the world will look a certain way, or the the fear that it won't look a certain way. I don't want to lose what I have. I don't want to. I'm not. I'm afraid that I'm not going to get something that I want. Um, and that those fears essentially are are my ego keeping me separate from God. So learning. To actually to recognize those fears and recognize those those things that are that are keeping separate then allows me to work on them so thank you i'll leave it there thank you i'm afraid that's all the time we've got uh today but uh, if you scoot over to the blog there's lots and lots of materials there and do come back in future weeks we're going to cover a lot more material then um feel free to tell people about this people you like and people you don't like uh everyone's welcome so uh would you please uh help me close by unmuting if you care to and joining me in the serenity prayer god God, God. 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 God.